I saw you were just on a podcast where you were just talking enormously about coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so a super coffee nerd. Yes, you are. So, uh, like, what? What do you have roasters that you you gravitate towards? I do, well, my the primary roaster is me. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I uh, roast my own um, and sell to friends and family. But there are some local people I support too. Okay, but, I I yeah, brought yeah. I brought this on because I was like, if I show this, does that make uh, me? Nice. Does that make me cool? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, good I, stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> we we've picked up counterculture. My brother used to be, or my brother in law rather, was was in coffee for a long time and you know he had his own shop and whatever so he was like he's you know pointed out some of the ones that he recommends that was one of them um yeah. but anyway yeah i mean just uh curious uh how like <clears throat> um how many of these podcasts have you done so far this is my first one awesome no i'm kidding it's actually my second one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm an old hat yeah this is like <laughs> dude, this is how i run them okay yeah. this is this is classic do you have a uh like a uh, thing you're promoting in general, or this is just, Hey, I like to talk about engineering management and things like that. And honestly, that's what it is. So my background is 20 years ago was starting in development, building websites or whatever. And then over the last eight or so years, it's been in more management and leadership. So, yeah. you know, I was in, um, I founded a company with, with, a with a friend, uh, that spun out of a different company he had started long story. But anyway, I ended up going from being a developer to being like, Oh, I got to figure out how to build a team and I got to figure out how to scale a platform and do all those, those yeah. fun things. And yeah, so yeah. that was back in like 2014, 2015 and had to learn as I went really quickly. Cause we were you know, raising money and mm -hmm. doing all that fun stuff. Um, you know, I was reflecting on all of it and like, boy, if there was some place I could have gone or people I could have talked to to say, the heck is a CTO or yeah. like, you know, what, how do I know if engineer A is doing great and engineer B needs help and engineer C, whatever. Yeah. So as I reflected on that, I was like, maybe I'll try a podcast and just yeah. have conversations and record it. Yeah. <laughs> and, Novel idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. And hand it off to the next person and maybe, yes. maybe it will help. Yeah, so, great. Cool. That's Love why. the idea. Love the idea. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, well, I know that you've you've started a new role recently. Yeah, exactly. So about uh, the early December. So I'm on like week eight or nine. But yeah. uh, I joined a uh, a company in Indianapolis called Bloomerang. It okay. is a uh, nonprofit donor management software and uh, fundraising software. And so I started as the VP of engineer there, um, kind of a new role as the team continues to grow, needed to separate some pe some pieces out. So I actually report to the CTO. Um, there's a couple of VPs um, with me and we're um, really growing the team. A lot of really great things happening um, as a good SaaS company, but it's also a, a company doing really good work, really helping. Yeah. Uh, small nonprofits to raise more money so they can do more good. I, I really, really am enjoying it. It's great when you can join a company, not only because of what you're proficient at, but like you actually really like the mission. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was, I got laid off in, in the fall, um, mm. which was a little surprising, you know, kind of wasn't expecting it and, you know, had some time to reflect. And uh, I, in some ways I was mourning the fact because I didn't think I would ever work for a local company again. Right. Um, like I assumed I would be a hundred percent remote and this job turns out to be like three miles from my house. I, as soon as it warms up a little, I'll ride my bike to the office. It's incredible. So, man, it's um, 
you know, the, the whole pandemic really took something. I mean, this has been said a trillion times, <laughs> but it, it's not a novel thought. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I've worked remotely. I had I spent a lot of time even at home with the company we had here was in town. I spent work at home. Yeah. I just took it for granted. Yes. Getting into the office. Now I like lament it, you know, yeah. now, now I can't wait to be, you know, back in that kind of environment. Hopefully yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I can do that, but, um, yeah. I, but that's I'm great. with you. I'm with you on that. I just, I, there's a, an engineering leader guy I follow Marcus Blankenship, who was just, um, in his thing the other day talking about how, um, you know, if you're a sort of a, a, you know, he talks about his dog. He thinks his dog thinks he just goes into a room and talks to a box all day. Um, <laughs> And he's Which like, I true. wonder, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I wonder if my body thinks the same thing. Like my mind doesn't, but my body doesn't. Because when I go places mm. and I see people, I have a different visceral feel to it that I don't get when I'm just talking to the flat screen. So, yeah, I I, I, I don't think you can beat it. I wish there were more people in office. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll take the advantage when I can. So, you know, at a new role like this, what is... What does like the first, you know, 90 days for you look like? What yeah. what are you thinking about within those first 90 days? Like, this is what I want to nail so that yeah. you know, I feel proud. The team knows, hey, this is the right guy to be here. Yeah. What does that look that, like? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Tommy, uh, my CTO. He um, really did a great job of setting up a 30, 60, 90 day plan and um, really, the first 30 days, I did just a tremendous amount of listening um, and was relatively passive. So I was creating relationships, understanding the team, understanding the business, um, and trying to absorb as much as I can. Um, and then the second 30 days, I am let's say transitioning from, from passive to active. I'm still mm -hmm. sort of getting my feet wet. Um, I think there's a couple of things um, that I'm really focusing on. Um, one, engineering empowerment. And, and these all sort of came out of that sort of first 30 days, like mm -hmm. the ability to really not really like I kind of had reports, but I wasn't directing anyone. I wasn't uh, focusing anyone's work. I was having one on ones and talking and things were kind of going as before. And we're making a transition, really a kind of a scale up transition. Um, and so um, a couple of things I saw that I really thought um, we needed we needed to some focus on one is engineering empowerment. How do we make sure that engineers are as important or uh, let's just say as important as they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I think if you think about uh, product delivery as a, as a car, um, I think engineering is the engine, you know, uh, sales might be the gasoline and, mm -hmm. and product might be behind the wheel, but uh, no action happens if engineers uh, uh, aren't really dry, aren't really, you know, producing the, the output and, and turning that engine. And so um, I want to make sure that we know that and we're, um, using the influence appropriately that we have. Um, I, I think we got to have good, healthy tension between engineering and product. They should be doing a great job steering us, um, figuring out the right kind of problems, and we should be um, doing a great job solving those. Um, so that's a big part of it. Like creating that um, environment for that is a big one. You use the, the term uh, healthy tension, like where, Yeah. what, what, what is the tension? Where, yeah, yeah, where's yeah. the pulling? Exactly. So I, I think uh, it comes from a couple of different uh, ways. For one, um, I, I think a sign of unhealthy organization, if um, 
either whatever product says goes or if whatever engineering says go like i think there has to be both sides um in the conversation and um probably not getting their own way but certainly having conversations where it's not um one side ruling so like product should definitely be bringing problems here's what they are with some solution ideas but engineering should be saying hey here's the way we sh in which we should implement it and hey um, we have these parts of our application, of our existing application that are um, difficult, cumbersome, non-performant. Um, we have metrics that show, hey, this isn't working well and we need it to go faster um, to be more optimized, to provide a, a, a different level of scalability. And we should make, be making sure that those are getting the same kind of, of input that the product features are. Like we have to make sure that our builds are quick, our tests run fast, um, that we have appropriate automation in all the right places. And those all take time and are competing priorities with new feature development. And we should be doing a great job talking about why they drive customer value and why they are in mm -hmm. that spot. And so um, that's the kind of tension that, that I'm talking about where um, both sides have a high desire to do um, what is right by the customer, but we might have different ideas and we're constantly talking about how can we make sure that the right thing is getting um, worked on at the right time. And and so the voice that that's doing that is that that's all the way from yeah, that's, engineering. Yeah, that's, it's not just you and your counterpart. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I I think it's got to be from the from you know individual contributors all the way up, mm -hmm. right? So um, we we have a thing um, that we're working right now, just a, a little thing. Like we have some some rollback issues um, when we do data migrations, mm -hmm. and so one of the things I'm about to do is we're gonna like this is an engineering brought up initiative. And so like there's an engineer who's going to have to go to his uh, product team in the next sprint and make sure he advocates to get that on the list of things to do for a product because engineering has to know that we have the power. Mm -hmm. um, like, again, nothing happens if we're not uh, writing software. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, I think for me, like one of the, the more challenging aspects of my role has been historically is just, you know, I can work side by side with the contributors uh, as a contributor, writing code myself. You get a sense when, you, when you've been doing it long enough, like what's good code, what's yeah. not good code, what's performed. But then taking, getting, getting out of that, getting out of the work and expressing to the team, maybe a yeah. leadership team in non- development terms like what is good and, and who's doing well how do you you know what what advice would you give to people on how to approach that who yeah. have never done that before how do you yeah. go from the work to communicating like the team is rock solid and here's why or we've got some soft spots and here's why yeah yeah, yeah. um i thought i thought of another thing when you said that like a early like for me one of the hardest things was like releasing that control oh, of, yeah. of what it was right so for the longest time like i knew you know what the right thing to do was and i made sure i told everyone and i was on each each 
uh, you know, all of the engineers to make sure we are still doing, still doing the right things. Um, like, and then as I continue to sort of mature and, and get better at, at what I do, I do think that communication piece is the next, right? And so mm-hmm. I think there's a, a couple of ways, right? So um, I think uh, conversations with engineers and engineering managers are both super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been very good about this uh, so far, but um, when I was at Seismic, I made a point to, ha- so I had um, several engineering managers who reported me and then lots of engineers under, you know, in our group. And so I was trying to make conversations every day with at least one engineer. So mm-hmm. I would have a direct message with some kind of conversation where I'm cultivating a relationship with them where they know they can come to me when they see things, because in general, you're going to have an organization and, you know, uh, a, a good portion of your people are also going to know what the right thing is. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think, cultivating a relationship with them to understand where things are, what things need to get better and what we can do, like making sure we're working that continuous improvement and then highlighting both things to the group around you. Here's the things we're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Here's the things we're getting better at and um, communicating those in in general in broad strokes because people don't want to know um, yeah, our migration uh, strategy is bad, right? They want to know if things are moving well or not, right. and how do we feel about it? Um, I think there's lots of new engineering metrics that were um, that are, I think are kind of a hot topic that we're um, starting to try and figure this out at a more quantitative level. Yeah. Um, there's some, you know, you started with velocity and then maybe you um, start looking at other metrics. Um, my uh, general feel on metrics at is that they are great conversation starters. Um, but like anytime you have a metric and you're using it to drive action, you have to be just super aware of the gameability of every metric. Mm. Um like any of them are, are, you know, if you decide that that's the thing you want to measure, that people will make sure that that's the thing they're doing. And rarely is any single number the right thing. Even if you have lots of numbers, even like, you know, defect escapees, like, you know, we want to make sure we have very few defects. Well, if I don't write any software, I'm not going to get any defects. So like, that's probably not the metric people want to care about. So like, I think there are lots of ways to look at it. Um, you kind of want to change it over time. Um, listen to your people and, and figure out um, what's, you know, maybe what's maybe a pain point and think about how to affect those. Um, one of the things I've uh, learned, I think, is I, I think OKRs are a really good um, idea. Um, and but I think there has to be a third part to it. So I, I'm not smart enough to have a new uh, acronym for this, but we can try uh, to invent one here. Exactly. If you want. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, I think of it as a three part metric. So part one is you create the goal. Um, and then part two, you come up with the, essentially the key results. What, what things am I generally what are the lagging indicators mm-hmm. that prove that that goal is successful? Um, so let's take. Uh, our engineering team wants to deliver high co- high quality software, okay? And the metrics we might use are defect escapees, uh, number of sprint bugs completed, and incidents that occur. And then the third thing, which is the thing that took me the longest to figure out is, okay, what are engineers and engineering teams going to do in the next quarter, the next half, that we think will affect those other key, those other metrics? Mm. So we might decide, hey, we think we can decrease those other numbers by increasing our unit test coverage. We think we can do it by 
um, having uh, better PR involvement, by having engineers test um, the PR as part of the PR. Like mm -hmm. um, it's those individual actions that engineers can say, hey, here's work we're doing um, to try to affect that. And then you can come back and say, hey, these three things didn't move the needle. Um, so maybe we should be doing different things, um, right? Not all of your your goals should necessarily be attained. And part of the hypothesis is determining whether or not it's the right one. Like if it's always the right one, maybe it's uh, either you're smarter than I am, or right. you're you're not uh, you're not shooting high enough. I, good point. I think that that's <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. And I guess this also just kind of dovetails with this idea, to me anyway, of developer empowerment because. Yeah if you're setting goals and you're setting them together and they're measurable and, and things that bring value to the company, that is empowering. You yeah. know, you, you can, you can say, Hey, look, this is a thing that we did. You can say yeah. that across the organization, even if everybody doesn't understand what unit testing is, you can say yeah. we're reducing defects, improving the product, you know, winning over customers, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, back to your original question, I think maybe this is a, a pretty good way to like, I think you have different levels. You can talk to people with that um, metric, right? So I can go to the CTO and say, hey, look here, we're really working towards high quality software. That's probably all he needs to know, um, right? But my boss and, and, and maybe my direct reports, they want to know those lagging indicators, mm -hmm. but the individual contributors, they care about what are the actions I'm taking in order to affect those. And so I think that's like a, a pretty good multi-level communication mechanism. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty holistic. Yeah. What about you? What? How do you get empowered? Like what 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 types of things can, yeah. you, you know, the CTO or, or the CEO or whoever give you mentorship or feedback and, and, and what empowers you? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. So um, I, I kind of think twofold on this. So one, um, uh, fortunately or not, I um, have had probably an outsized uh, uh, view of myself and confidence level for, for a really long time. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah, well, I, until it's not. Uh, like, I think at times I probably used it to bully other people because mm. like I had no problem expressing my views mm. and other people, you know, I wasn't giving other people the opportunity to express theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they would, I would, you know, continue to express mine. And so, uh, like there are other advantages that it has, right? So like, I, I just innately feel empowered to, to help things out. Um, but on the flip side, like. I have noticed that at times, um, I think the how to make an influence at the broadest level is one of the areas I'm trying to work at. How do I um, take initiatives and actions? Because um, I feel like in general, I have pretty good ideas on how we want to tackle a problem and some ideas of what we can do. Um, and then at, at times I can struggle with, okay, how do I make sure that everyone sees and agrees and understands the initiative mm -hmm. and is able to work upon that? Um, that's an area where I, I think I, I could certainly use some additional coaching on. Um, I'm super excited. So Bloomerang has um gotten coaches for like they're part of a service and we like have these oh. um six uh like 45 minute coaching sessions that a a good portion of the leadership um gets to to participate in and i'm super excited about this i've never had this opportunity before yeah um, 
that, yeah, that so is really cool. It's incredible. It's an incredible investment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And that's, I mean, I think that's so smart as a company too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just to like, to recognize that it's not just about career progression. It's just like, you know, it's about people getting confidence in themselves yeah. and then highlighting blind spots because there's nothing worse than learning about your blind spots after you've done a bunch of yeah, blind spotish stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You said it much kinder than I would, but yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's, that's great. It's like a, I think that's just another form of empowerment. Yeah. Um, yeah, very yeah, cool. Sure. When it comes to team building, are, are you actively recruiting people? Like, how do you? Are you, maybe a, maybe a better way to ask this is, do you see yourself as a natural recruiter, a mm. natural networker? And um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's not. Um, so I am not an extrovert by nature. Like I like if you think about the, are you energized by people or or not people? I'm more in the energized by not people. But I really, I really like one-on-one -on -one conversations. Mm -hmm. So um, I, this year, I am attempting to set a hundred coffees uh, throughout the year. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so in, I, I set ten. I had ten coffees in January, so I'm well on my way. Um, and I do this with really with groups of let's say less than five. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple of twos and threes, but lots of ones, um, and trying to throw it like. Um, I don't have a metric associated with this, but like I certainly am trying to to add new people to the network all the time. Um, I have some like easy ones, like I have good friends who I meet for coffee every other week that, you know, those are the easy ones. But then I'm trying to throw in new people as well. And so um, I, I, you know, I've, I've been doing software engineering for kind of a long time. I, I'm probably... Um, yeah, I'm probably pushing 30 years in the industry, not quite, but but pretty close. And so the majority of Indianapolis, so I have a, a pretty good Indianapolis network and I know a good number of people and I try to be as helpful as I can be. Um, and that seems to always come back yeah. in spades where it, yeah. what, you know, if you're willing to help someone out, like those things lead to all kinds of other great mm -hmm. uh, opportunities. Um, it, another thing from the sort of networking front, um, I, I have, uh, two daughters, uh, I have four kids total, but two of my kids are daughters. Um, and when they were younger, I thought a lot about, um, what does women in engineering look like? Mm -hmm. Um, and started early on really, uh, trying to make sure that, um, um, my team was from a gender perspective, very diverse. Um, working on some other parts now too. Uh, it's a it's a similar but different hard problem. Mm -hmm. um, but was really um, adamant early on that we were going to sort of differentiate fast hires from from good hire. Like not the fast hires aren't good hires, but like if we want to have a diverse. Um, group of people, we have to be willing to take the time to get a candidate pool that we want, that we think is um, in the right idea, the, you know, sort of in the right ranges of where we want to be. Um, and those things just take harder, the more um, sort of diversity things you get. And so that actually allowed me to, like, I used to do um, a fair of, you know, cold LinkedIn mm. uh, messaging, trying to get people. And it's funny how those things 
come back years later where, you know, like, oh, I heard about you from this other person who you talked to. Like that kind of stuff is crazy how it comes back to you, um, both reputationally, but also in how you get people into the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the most, um, the you know, the, the team members I get most excited working with are the ones that want to go and try to pull stuff apart or, or yeah. learn why things work the way they do. And then they want to share that. And yeah. so for me, those are the kinds of people I like to bring on the team. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think inquisitiveness, like, um, so I would say like, there's a bar of like technical skill, like you have to cross that bar. Yeah. Um, and then once above that, we kind of want to look into this hungry, humble, uh, people spark kind of mechanism where, um, you have an inquisitiveness about you, um, you know that you don't know enough. And so you're looking to fill those gaps. Um, you can communicate with those around you. Um, you want to get better. Like those things can become such a critical part of mm -hmm. taking people from where they are to get better. Right? Like I'll take people who are, you know, not as good, but are willing to get 1% better every day over a rock star. Who's like, I know everything. You can't teach me anything. Like I'll take the first person every day. It's so true. I mean, we, the way you format your code is absolutely irrelevant because we have like yes. more linters than we could do, yes. you know, things like that, yes. you know, and, and, and there's all sorts of tooling now that will, will help folks get up to speed. You know, they're going to, hopefully they want to know why those tools are there and what they're doing, but yep. you're absolutely right. It's the stuff beyond that Yes, where, you know, like you're a joy to be around, you're inquisitive, yes. You know, I can trust you. I can, yes. I can give you things to own. Yeah. Give me that, that all day long. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to someone the other day who was like, I, I love career switchers um, for a variety of reasons. The first of which is it's not their first job. Um, like learning mm. how to be an adult employee is a non-trivial exercise. And so like, if you figured that part out, there's so many other things that we can work on that when we don't have to deal with that. Uh, Matt, anything else that you think we should we should talk about? Or cover? Yeah, I mean, um, man, these were really good. I feel like uh, I feel like I've known you for a lot longer than I have, and we should uh, sit and chat more often. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider this one of your coffees, yeah. and um, perfect. Well, maybe we should do a few more coffees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd totally be, be on super it. fun. Where, where are you located? I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, maybe I, I'm gonna have to find a way because I can go see Will and. And uh, Peyton yeah. as well. Maybe I'll just have to figure yeah. that out. We'll, we'll, we all live in basically the same place. Okay. So come on yeah, down. Maybe I'll like take a uh, work week and I'll just work from some, from Will's co-work station. Uh, yes. Which is an arcade, yes. you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what could be better? And, and a store. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a really cool spot. But um, well, Matt, this was super fun. Yeah, I agree. Super um, fun. We're going to do this again. We're, we're going to do whether it's on the, on the pod or just coffee. Cool. We're going to do it, it again. It sounds great. Tell uh, Will and Peyton hi if you see them. And uh, I'll uh, figure out some dates to visit the great state of Alabama. That would be awesome. Cool. All right. All right, man. I'll let you know when this is ready to That'd go. That would be wonderful. Cool. Talk to you Talk. later.